The Art of Sunday with Brenda Sisane. So much to do, so much and so little time. We're already into the second hour. Welcome. This is Kai FM, home of good music. 95.9 is, is your dial. And of course, this is the Art of Sunday. My name is Brenda Sisani. With you until two o'clock today. I did post when we started off uh, about, uh, you know, the continuum of this whole discussion. Well, the continuation of uh, the depiction of Africa in the media or in the narratives, uh, you know, in the economics and all of that. One who does that. Has, has has actually shared with us a beautiful playlist of what she loves and uh, she said she enjoys the music of, of Diane Reeves and of course uh, mentioned a song by Diane Shaw as a result made us look at the two Diane's musics in this hour but ladies and gentlemen later on as we start the show you're going to enjoy also some talks uh, between uh, myself and Teresa Clark of Africa.com I hope you're going to enjoy yourself this is the cover story this week's edition of the Art of Sunday where has the time all gone to? Haven't done half the things we want to. Oh well, we'll catch up some other time. This day was just a token Too many words are still unspoken Oh well, we'll catch up some other time Just when the fun is starting Comes the time for parting But let's be glad for what we've had To come, there's so much more embracing still to be done, but time is racing. Oh, well, we'll catch up. Other
just when the fun is starting. Let's just be glad of what we've had and what's to come. There's so much more embracing still to be done.
casting shadows from above. Lanciana, somehow I feel the jungle heat within me. There grows a rhythmic savage beat. Love is everywhere. then none other than the first Afro Blue I fell in love with was Diane Reeves and of course uh, you listened to Diane Shaw before then some other time. Great voices there. Time is 20 after 11. I'm going to take a break but before I do um, yesterday Komozo Matsunyani posts and says that my heart is full. I'll tell you all about it during Brenda's show on Kai FM on Sunday. We need so many of these black affirming movies and of course uh, when we started talking about the great African love story a departure
culture, from the romantic and engagement uh, with the different types of love which exist within African philosophy, such as love for self, for family, for community, etc. We invited uh, Teresa Clark uh, about her views on African identity as represented in the media, whether there's a need to redress the current narrative permeating the media, entertainment environment, and whether the depiction of modern person of African descent is a, a westernized one and uh, that of indigenous as being almost unacceptably barbaric or backward or all those kind of thoughts and we were asking this in the context of celebrating the month of love well guess what the story of black panther landed square onto our intentions but before we go there let's take a break and then we come back and join the founder of africa.com stay tuned well, this Sunday we talked to Teresa Clark. Uh, welcome to Kai FM. It's so good to have you. Thank you for making it, Teresa. Thank you, Brenda. Yes. How would you describe it? Africa.com is a digital platform that seeks to normalize Africa and Africa's narratives. Mm-hmm. We tell stories. Um, we curate stories from other sources. We write our own stories. We tell the good, the bad, and the ugly. But we focus not on what a lot of Western media does, which is the negative. We look at arts and culture. We look at business. We look at lifestyle as well as current events. Mm-hmm. But I th- again, I think our purpose is to create a complete picture of mm-hmm. Africa in order to normalize that narrative. Mm-hmm. What inspired you to do this? I first visited South Africa. Africa in 1993 Mm -hmm. and just became enamored with this country at that time and Mm -hmm. then saw how the elections went in 94 and then moved here in 95 and so for most of my adult life I've been involved in um, in Africa and playing some sort of a role as a bridge between the United States and Africa and wanting to share the stories Mm -hmm. about the intellect the beauty the grace and the dignity of mm. Africa. Mm. What is your background, Teresa? I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. Mm. I'm African American. Mm. I studied economics and then did graduate degrees in law and business. I worked in investment banking for many years and have found myself going back and forth between business, I am investment banking. Um, in New York and pursuing um, social entrepreneurship in Africa. Mm. At this time when, when, when this idea dawns on you, you know, what was the environment at the time? At the time that I decided to dedicate myself to Africa.com, which was uh, 2010, I think that it was an important inflection point in terms of how Uh, the West saw Africa. Um, Mm. If you remember, that was, of course, the year that South Africa was hosting the World Cup of Soccer, and all eyes were on Africa. And there were a number of things that were happening in that particular moment um, that were changing perceptions. I don't mean to overstate it, because I think that's what you want to talk about, is the need for a lot more work. But there were a lot of important things that happened in 2010, and I I think that the uh, televised World Cup made people see uh, South Africa in a different way, seeing the infrastructure, seeing the cities, seeing the beautiful stadiums. I think that that was a moment that some people woke up to what was going on in South Africa. When you look at a socioeconomic environment, what picture do you get? Well, I think it's a mixed picture. Mm. You know, I, I was thinking about this. I think that the perceptions are driven in part by reality and the reality is still very much of a mixed picture. Mm. I think the 
The examples that I think about are Asian countries, which in 1960, if you look at countries like Singapore, Hong Kong, um, Vietnam, Taiwan, they had GDPs that were the same or in many cases lower than the average African country. Mm -hmm. These Asian countries in 1960 possessed most of the world's poorest people were in Asia in 1960. Hmm. And you look at what's happened since that time, many of these Asian countries have become the Asian tigers, as we call them, and they've been able to pursue macroeconomic policies that have focused on universal education for their populations. They have focused on investments in infrastructure. They have um, focused on policies that are favorable to business. And, um, and as a result, we now look at those countries in a very different way. We don't think about Singapore in that way. We now mm. see it as a very wealthy country. We see Hong Kong as a wealthy country. And I think that the same opportunities exist for Africa. Um, I think that if we pursue the right um, policies, then that allows us to have the real change, which in turn changes the perceptions. Mm. We ask the questions to people that love great music, but also love their work and also in love with the continent and uh, proactively and progressively doing great work in terms of showcasing just the, the excellence and credibility of this continent. And of course, Teresa with Africa.com is sharing exactly how she does it. Let's talk about her love for Africa. How does your platform, for instance, contribute to making us look at this or even drive us somehow to converse about this as industry and as as society. Media has a very responsible role in informing people who don't have knowledge and where where the knowledge base is low, media's power is greater. And I think the knowledge base about Africa, um, within Africa, Um, People in South Africa know very little about Uganda. People in Uganda know very little about Benin. Mm -hmm. Our knowledge base, even within the continent, um, you know, it needs to start here so that we can understand ourselves before we can portray ourselves as Africans to the rest of the world. And that's that's what we see ourselves as doing. Mm. Our audience is very much for Africans. We think that um, everyone must have deep knowledge of their local news. Um, and we don't look to replace local news anywhere across Africa. But over the last many years, there's become an increasing sense of a pan-African perspective where Africans want to understand more about the rest of the continent, but they don't have the time or resources to read the newspapers from 54 countries. Mm -hmm. So that's the role we see ourselves as playing, is curating the important stories from across the continent and making it easy to digest for anyone in any country to have a sense of what's going on across Mm. the continent. There's a tremendous amount of competition and I think it's harder and harder for smaller players to survive. Mm. Um, There's a phrase, the duopoly. We were recently at a meeting among African media companies um, that took place in Ghana and many of the major media platforms from across the continent were there. The um, leaders of those organizations 
and news organizations. And um, the phrase that was thrown around is around the duopoly of both Google and Facebook and how they've taken so much of the advertising revenue that it's hard for small independent news media to survive given um, the, the way in which the, the market has changed. Mm. Do you find that maybe your particular approach to content makes you a very notable uh, player? We do. I mean, I think that the perspective that you are highlighting is the one that differentiates us. And, uh, and that's why our readership is very loyal, because they feel that we are a trusted source and a source that will unpack um, important issues. And mm. so um, we have a lot of work to do now, given the important changes that are taking place in South Africa. Africa mm-hmm. today. Yes. Um, and yes. when we have these sorts of major events, whether it was um, the coup in Zimbabwe or the debt downgrade in South Africa or the cabinet reshuffle a year ago, what we will often do is try to unpack these events for people by providing very balanced perspectives, um, showing how these stories are being covered by various news media, mm-hmm. including um, international news, but also inside views from the Sowetan, for example, mm. um, trying to elevate those voices. Those people looking at these events internationally may not know um, the type of voice that the Sowetan would bring to these issues. And mm. so we want to um, elevate that voice to be a part of the authentic understanding of these issues. The Art of Sunday with Brenda Sisani.
forward to hear the word brought down from on high from a country preacher.
definitely a feedback mechanism. I think that, you know, that's certainly the case with digital. You know, it's not a one-way discussion. (laughs) (laughs) You certainly hear back. If people don't like what you're saying, they will let you know. Um, But I think that we look for um, people on the ground. Um, We really try to employ African journalists. Um, We have people in Southern Africa, East Africa, West Africa, who um, bring those voices to our editorial team. And, uh, and I think that that's part of what differentiates us. And I think that we know what our mission is. And it's not necessarily to tell the stories of, of war and famine in order to get um, views. Yeah. We want to make sure that our, um, our news stories are, are balanced. I'm keen to hear about Black Panther and the portrayal of African characters. Well, I think that Black Panther is a breakthrough piece of the- of, of movie, f- big screen film content because of the way in which it portrays this fantasy land of Wakanda, this African nation that has self-determination and sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And that has really never been portrayed in a big budget film. You know, you think about the films about Africa, the the big Hollywood films that have um, had the biggest box office success in the past. And, you know, most of them are ones we know that um, continue the persistence of the negative portrayal, whether it's The Last King of Scotland or Hotel Rwanda, Blood Diamond. Um, I think one of the positive ones that has come out in the last couple of years was... um, Queen of Katwe, mm. which was a nice story. And so you start to see some movement in um, how these stories were portrayed. But I think that, you know, it's it's not just one or two or three films. You know, we have um, hundreds of years of negative narratives to overcome. Oh, yeah. And so the effort that has to be undertaken in order to change that mindset is, is a really massive undertaking. Mm. If we stay with this sort of macro theme about how we change perceptions, I think that it's something that requires a very well-coordinated strategic effort. Um, You think about some of the largest media efforts that have had that same agenda over time. after World War II, the U.S. was very concerned about its perceptions and how the Soviet Union was portraying the United States. And so the U.S. created Voice of America, which, as you know, is now a major media outlet that um, was funded at $200 million a year. They employ over 1,000 people. They translate their content into 40 languages and reach over 200 million people um, a week. And so... That outlet has played a very important role. You can call it propaganda if you want to, but it's been a very important um, medium for shaping global perceptions of the U.S. I think that Al Jazeera has been a similar effort to shape perceptions of the Middle East, a very well-funded, coordinated strategic effort on behalf of the Middle East to get balanced stories out about the Middle East. And I think it would be wonderful if the African Union or African, another coordinating body could look to uh, this matter uh, for Africa to have a a strategic and well-funded effort to change perceptions. Hmm. I was honored by Black Girls Rock, yes. Okay. Yes. Why? I think that Black Girls Rock has been a very successful 
uh, program for BET to do what you're talking about. Um, they have been able to find a way to honor black women, but in a way that includes, it's, you know, it's sexy. Mm. They have, you know, TV stars and all sorts of um, performing stars and recording artists that get involved in acknowledging women who do things in business and government and the arts and science. And it, it's been a very successful effort for um, for BET, and I was flattered to, to be a part of that. Deservedly so. Um, finally, just on in terms of your love for music, your love for jazz and the arts, you know, uh, if I were to ideally ask you to give me, uh, you know, just off the cuff, some, a few songs to play uh, around this interview, what artists would come to mind? I love Diane Reeves. Okay. Um, I think that I first heard her sing a song called Better Days back in 1989, and it's a song dedicated to her grandmother, mm-hmm. and I was very close to my grandmother, and so that song really resonated with me. I, I love Diane Reeves. Um, but I have a wide range of interests in music. I think there's another, um, I like the Dianes. I also like Diane Shore. She has a, yeah. um, you, you do the art of Sunday. And I often take drives on Sunday up to um, Heart of Eastport. Mm-hmm. And when I drive, um, my son and I listen to a song by Diane Shore called Louisiana Sunday Afternoon. Mm-hmm. And it really captures that spirit of the art of Sunday. Ah. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you very much. Go to Africa.com and find beautiful stories curated specifically with you in mind and also uh, just shedding in a simpler way, uh, you know, what you need to know, be it from the economics, from the politician, political side or even from cultural stories. A feature that I love of theirs is called uh, Top 10 and it's Top 10 of everything. Could be the top 10 festivals on the continent, could be the top 10 uh, political music videos, could be anything. It's uh, absolutely exciting. Thank you so much for responding to our call and just sharing with us the, the beauty of what you do in terms of just stepping out of your own comfort zone to really work hard at portraying a positive image of Africa to Africans, about Africans, by Africans. And of course, you can hear more if you go to their website and find out how they work, the journalists they employ. It's an incredibly well put together site. Thank you very much. And of course, the music is incredible, the Diane's on this hour. <laughs>
stay. 